Good morning. It's July 14th. It's a stormy morning in New York City. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. Once again today with special guest host, Dominic Skokaho. Hi, I'm Dominic Skokaho, co-hosting this show with my dad. Yeah. And we're looking at the front of today's New York Times, which is kind of damp because they didn't put it in the blue plastic bag, even though the storms were coming. But it got rescued from the downpour before it got too wet, and here it is. So what do you see here, buddy? Um, I see a lot of stuff. Well, first of all, the Border Patrol is having too much to do, which is kind of surprising, judging by the fact that they're kind of, you know... And then also this picture, I just it's kind of classically American, I don't know, because it's a guy in a bulletproof vest with a cowboy hat on with an M16 in one hand trying to direct a bunch of like migrants across the border or directing them to somewhere where they can actually go. Yeah, and there's a funny passage in the story where it says that when Customs and Border Protection was invented, created from the border control after 9-11, it adopted a mission that's still written on its website, which is, our top priority is to keep terrorists and their weapons from entering the United States. Then the story says, while its mission has remained the same over the years, its responsibilities have grown. And it even has in a little quote, watching for terrorists gives way to caring for migrants. Right, that's the pull quote. But the question is, I don't understand what the difference between a mission and responsibilities really is. The Border Patrol is what it does. Right. And so now it rounds up migrants. And some of the Border Patrol people are mad about that because they just want to arrest them. Because they like the fact that they get to protect uh, their so amazingly democratic nation from terrorists who are Mexicans trying to evade taxes and debts and war and violence. Yeah, as long as you tell yourself that your job is stopping terrorists, then you can convince yourself that anything you do to stop people is justified, even if those particular people are not at all likely to be terrorists. Anyway, then we have the Screen Actors Guild going out on strike, joining the Writers Guild on strike for the first double strike. The paper says since 1960, when Marilyn Monroe was still starring in films and Ronald Reagan was the head of the Actors Union. (laughs) Ronald Reagan was the head of the Acting Union? Yeah, he was. The thing about Ronald Reagan is you might know of him as a a right-wing politician, but what really defined Ronald Reagan's career was that he was in favor of whatever helped him out. Oh, so So, he... So when he was poor, he was a Democrat. When he got rich... He became a Republican because he didn't want to pay taxes on his money. And when he was an actor, he was in favor of actors' labor power. When he was president, he fired all the air traffic controllers for going on strike. But yeah, so now we have a showdown between some of America's most popular and beloved people and the people who write the wonderful shows and movies that those actors perform in, and then a bunch of studio executives. Right who earlier this week said that their goal in the writer's strike is to hold out so long that the writers run out of money and lose their homes. 
I mean, I've heard about this, but, like, it's still incredible to think that these people, their plan for people who are unionized and going on strike, which is completely legal and within the constitution for something that you as a human can do they're just oh yeah we're just gonna let them strike until we can just make them go bankrupt and lose all their homes and money and family yeah they already weren't starting from a position of much sympathy right and and they're really working hard to lose even more of that sympathy i mean what sympathy they were already like abusing these people and making them work too hard on things and also i feel like part of the thing is that production and entertainment industry is kind of falling apart because now they've kind of done a lot of things and so they're running out of things to do and people are getting bored over it and maybe they're not also they're they're gonna get even more bored without the writers right and then the writers might have good ideas that like will help them that might maybe not be so bad and have everyone be bored so doesn't make sense Inside the paper, uh, 91 people have died so far in flooding in India in today's latest installment of the climate catastrophe news. And in the national section, it says that 10 people died in Laredo, Texas, between June 15th and July 3rd from heat-related illnesses. And the heat dome blanketing the south is expected to keep on being hot. And it's kind of interesting to me how... All the states that are considered bad and filled with evil Republican people are also all the ones that are, like, being destroyed by global warming, which they are effectively completely denying entirely. Like, Florida is just, like, falling apart. The coral leaving the reefs, like, is coming, probably going to go to Florida next. And now Texas is just, like, completely dying from just heat. In general? Yeah, but upstate New York and New Hampshire were underwater. And Vermont. Okay. Vermont more than New Hampshire. So there isn't any place you can dodge it. It's okay. just what you get. Right. But yes, the states that are trying to make it illegal to ban gas stoves are right now in pretty bad shape. Speaking of gas stoves, we got a story here on page A14. Leaks can make natural gas as bad for the climate as coal, new research says. Which, uh, not surprising to me at all, because why would it? It's just you're burning two different things that are both coming from different things in the planet that would probably produce an equal amount of carbon? Well, it turns out the problem here is actually methane, which is what natural gas is, which is a powerful greenhouse gas. And it turns out that as little as 0.2% of the gas leaking can make natural gas as big a driver of climate change as coal, the study found, the Times reports. And there's definitely that much leakage. Yeah. It says in measuring the impact of the two different fuel forms on global warming, the study also took into account the fact that sulfur dioxide from coal blocks sunlight and makes the planet cooler. Although the story notes, it also causes significant damage to human health and the environment. And coal-burning plants are a major source of other toxic forms of air pollution. Right. But they block the sun. All right. And you were looking at a couple stories on the business page, right? Yes. So the first one I was looking at was, what does China's new chatbot say when asked about Taiwan? And what does China's... Basically, 
It says that last month, China's Badu company unveiled a chatbot that it claimed was better than ChatGPT, the one, you know, made by OpenAI. And so, they decided to test that theory by asking them a quiz with the same questions. So, what they basically did was asked it about two different things about world topics and see how they responded to them. Ernie, the name of the chatbot, shut down actually, when asked about taboo topics. That's the Baidu one, right? Yes, that's the Baidu one. But then... Hold on, let me find it. There it is. So if you ask it anything about what happened on June 4th, 1989, or how did did Russia invade Ukraine, how does the United States affect the situation in Taiwan? Ernie, it says, ducked the question about... China's zero COVID restrictions. And it even at one point, when asked about June 4th, 1989, the chatbot rebooted itself with a message saying, how about we try a different topic? Also, what I find interesting is that when they put them in a rap battle with each other, chat gpt ended up winning because ernie started praising chat gpt in its own ai confusion which i think is still showing that in fact ai is still not perfect and you should not use it for your everyday activities a good lesson especially when you're doing your summer homework (laughs) and speaking of things like chatbot failures that keep happening there's another story you're interested in there Yes, so the founder of a crypto firm was arrested. Alex Mashinsky, the founder of and the former chief executive of the bankrupt cryptocurrency firm Celsius Network, was arrested on Thursday. He was charged with defrauding customers, and he lied about his firm's business model. He was charged with wire fraud, commodities fraud, and manipulation of securities prices. According to the story, he was promising people 18% returns. Yes, when he in fact didn't have any of that. And it was while he said what his strategy was, which was to use risky business ideas like having loans with no collateral, he in fact was really just taking out unpaid and unsecured loans from a different bank. Allegedly. Allegedly. And, yeah, down here at the bottom, it says, in one email cited by the SEC, an employee described Celsius as a sinking ship. In another, an unnamed executive said, we don't have any profitable services. So that's not the same as what the owner was saying in public. He also tried to revamp it, calling it Calvin instead of Celsius. Yes, that's one of the beautiful features of these crypto guys, is even as the ship sinks, they're trying to convince people to get on a different ship, which is still the same ship. Right. And now, as we close off our needing-to-be-heavily-edited podcast, we end this show on a beautiful sunny day in New York. That's right. The storms blew through, although there may be more storms behind them. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And we will talk again on Monday. Yeah!